0: we're live hello ladies and gentlemen non-binary robots and extraterrestrials welcome to a run and thought podcast coming to you all the way from KL, hawaii I'm your host Clint, a couple noteworthy items about me, I run almost every day, and I think about something almost every day, so here I am, and here you are, and I'm glad to be sharing the next however many minutes with you, one important item to go ahead and get out of the way, I am not a physician, shaman, reiki healer, voodoo, doctor, or healthcare provider in any capacity, I am just a guy in the world who likes to share what has worked or not for me personally. So please, please, please do not take anything I say as the end-all be-all advice. Be sure to consult a professional if you need sound medical advice for any issues you might be having or before beginning a rigorous fitness routine. With that said, on to the podcast. Oh, and before I get started, I'd like to give a shout out to Ultra Footwear. That's A L T R. A, specifically the Torin and King Mountain 1.5. I wear the Torins on the road and King Mountain on trail. Uh, durable shoes and comfortable. They let you have a nice toe splay. Very wide on the front of those shoes. I like them a lot. Patagonia Strider Pro 5 inch shorts. These are very durable, very comfortable shorts. Probably the best shorts that you can get for trail running. Uh, Lots of pockets. And like I say, they last for a long time. If you can find them, a good item to have in your arsenal. Solomon hydration vests. I've had mine for probably three or four years. They last forever. Super comfortable. I like them. I use them. Scratch nutrition and hydration supplements. I like both their nutrition and their hydration powders. I use their electrolyte replacement almost every run that I do. Shout out to Hawaii Running Lab on Oahu and to all my followers on Strava. Thank you for the kudos, the encouragement, comments. And also, I do enjoy seeing all of the pictures from your activities from around the world. So, thank you. Shout out to Garmin, the Forerunner 920 XT. Probably the most important tool that I have when I'm out running. Um, has saved me when it was dark or foggy. I was at high elevation trying to get back to my vehicle. Thank you GPS, thank you Garmin Forerunner 920 XT. Special shout out to Hawaii Island and the local communities. Mahalo for being beautiful, lovely, all of that, and a bag of taro potato chips. And last but certainly not least, thanks to you for listening, because this wouldn't be a podcast without listeners like you, it would just be me talking to myself and recording it, which is kind of weird. All right, we'll let this music fade out. Go ahead and get into the mix. Not sure if I'm going to keep that music on the fence. We'll figure it out. Um. So, yeah, why are we here? Why am I doing this podcast? Well, there's a few reasons. Big reason is that i'm geographically isolated from most of my friends and family um living on hawaii you know i'm six hour five six hour time difference so i'm not much of a phone talker with the time difference that kind of seals the deal i don't i don't get to talk to friends and family that much on the telephone social media i don't really use I listened to an audiobook by uh, Jaron Lanier, 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now. That kind of sold me on, you know, not using those platforms. I'm not here to preach or tell you how to live your life, but, I mean, it's a good book. They've got it on Audible. You can actually listen to it. That's what I did. I don't, you know, typically read uh, nonfiction other than, like, how to... Manuals. Um, I usually listen to stuff like that at work on Audible. But yeah, so Jaron Lanier, 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now, was the uh, book that I listened to and pretty much sold me on getting off of social media. So I'm not doing telephone, not doing social media. <sighs> you know, who really uses email um, for like informal, non work? Relations, uh, I just don't know that many people. I, I certainly don't use it that much. So, you know, a lot of communication is cut off. This is kind of a way for friends and family to be able to, I mean, to make me accessible to them uh, at any time. So it's kind of like I'm filling them in and we don't have to stay on the phone at uh, odd hours talking to each other or try to communicate through social media or whatever so that's the first reason and the second reason is I can remember back when I was starting to run I had so many questions um, so many ideas that I didn't know if they were correct or not you know I was trying things just experimenting see what worked best for me not really knowing if I was doing stuff right you know even with YouTube being available sometimes you just want to talk to a person or you just want to hear it from somebody's mouth like what am I supposed to do what how do I get started is this good you know am I doing it right (laughs) that kind of thing so I kind of want to be that voice, kind of be somebody, again, that's accessible to somebody that's starting out or maybe um, even, you know, just other runners in general. Um, even if they're just listening to me and laughing at my advice or my idea or, or my story or whatever. So just being kind of like out there, accessible. Um, that's kind of important to me. Uh third reason I do have a son, he's eight years old. And um, you know, one of these days I won't be around. This I kind of think is a way for him like if he ever wanted to listen to this, he could. If I'm not here and um, you know, he wants some advice from dad pertaining to running, well, here you go. That's all the advice probably that you'll ever need hopefully i can keep this going for a good long while um and you know we'll see how it goes we'll see what happens but yeah so posterity and just being able to reach friends and family something interesting that you can do at work while you're actually working you can kind of like listen but have it in the background as well and not listen if you don't want to because trust me i can talk for a long time about nothing, so sometimes you'll want to tune me out, but that's okay too. All right, so how did I get started in running? I never was really athletic as a kid. Um, I just wasn't. Cut to you know high school years. I did a little bit of soccer you know, I wrestled a little bit in middle school. I did a little bit of track and field, but didn't really try that hard. High school, played soccer, and I think that's it. I think that's all I did. So not really a super athletic kid. When I was 19, I think I had been out of high school for like Maybe six months, maybe a year, something like that. I joined the Navy. I found myself at uh, boot camp in Great Lakes. It was uh, middle of or not middle. It was the beginning of January in two thousand, I think. So boot camp was boot camp. You know, it is what it is. But uh, one of the things, one of the times that I was able to find a little bit of escape from, um, kind of all the pressures that go with being in military basic training was we would march to a gymnasium somewhere on the, on the training grounds. And, um, we would just run. They wouldn't mess with us. You know, the recruit division commanders usually, you know, they were, always lingering around, making sure you are following the rules and whatnot. Uh, But when we go to run, as long as you're running, nobody's saying anything to you. So that was one of the times where I could just, you know, as long as I was running, nobody's going to talk to me. Uh, I could just do not whatever, but in my mind, I was kind of free. I had a little bit of freedom. So that kind of stuck with me. I kind of still you know, think about that. Remember that even now, um, reflect back on that as kind of, you know, not really happy, but a positive time that I associate with running was just having that freedom, just that break from people all in your face and, you know, having to follow a bunch of rules. There's really no rules just in running. Just put one foot in front of the other, keep going, Um, so yeah, so the Navy, I pretty much stayed in shape all throughout my military career. Um, I've never been a small guy, never, I'm not a huge guy, I'm about five nine. Um, I've always weighed, you know, somewhere around, uh, 175 to, you know, 200 pounds. I think I'm like at 195 right now, but what happened uh, after I got out of the military? I started. Um, I went back to school, and kind of like the pressures of school, you know how your mind it always makes up a million excuses. Uh, pressures of school and just other things I had to do, you know, social obligations, whatever you name it, just stacked it all up, and I would go to the gym, but I didn't really make. A lot of time for, um, you know, cardio running. I would do some weightlifting. I would do a little running. I would do some swimming, but, uh, I just wasn't doing anywhere near the level that I should have been. Um, and as the years went on, I kind of, it kind of slipped even more and I started gaining a little bit more weight and just not even really thinking about it, looking in the mirror, you know, like most guys, um, we tend to overestimate, uh, like, or like our abilities, or we look in the mirror and we could be, you know, morbidly obese, but still see like a ripped you know, muscular Rambo dude in the mirror. That's just something with the the male psyche. So I definitely had a little bit of that going. I didn't really realize it. It sounds weird to say now, like thinking back, but it kind of like crept up on me to where, you know, you cut to, I'm about 32 years old and I'm weighing 227 pounds. So I mean, that's that's big, and I wasn't having a whole lot of health problems, but I wasn't feeling really great, you know, I was tired, kind of, you know, stressed, just not really feeling good, um, in between that time, sorry if I didn't mention, um, I kind of skipped ahead too fast, but, you know, somewhere between... Me getting out of the navy, going back to school, and uh, this epiphany where I realized that I was way overweight two hundred twenty seven pounds at thirty two years old. Um, in between that time, I had gotten married and had a son, um, and so my son, when I was thirty two, he was just you know a couple of years old at the time. So I was at that phase, I guess, as a parent where. I was starting to have, you know, like really deep thoughts about like, well, you know, am I going to be around to see my, my son grow up? You know, am I gonna get diabetes or, you know, have a heart attack or just keep letting myself go, keep letting stuff slide and, um, you know, possibly, you know, not be here for him later on. I didn't want to do that. And I definitely, you know, who who does wanna um die an early death from like diabetes or um some kind of cardiac disease or or something like that. So I uh I think what did it for me I had just finished around the same time that I'm weighing two hundred and twenty seven pounds at age thirty two. I had just finished uh, watching all of the Netflix series, Lilyhammer, and I was looking for something else to watch on Netflix and I came across, uh, what was the name of that? It was the kind of documentary all about juice fasting. I think it was fat, sick, and nearly dead is what the, the name of it was. But anyway, so I watched that and I'm like, hmm, okay." so this guy is totally overweight, taking medications. He's having like all these uh, skin symptoms, Um, tired, you know, just kind of like checking off a list like, yeah, that's a lot, you know, a lot like me and i'm watching him do this juice fast and it looks like he's having stellar results and of course they had the example of um the truck driver on there as well that he the um not host but but the guy that was making the documentary he he got um a truck driver who was morbidly obese had a lot of health issues um got him also on the the juice fast and I'm looking at the results and like a lot of people, I'm like, hey, you know, these these guys went on a juice fast. They lost a bunch of weight. They're feeling better. Um, I, it doesn't seem like they're exercising that much. Hey, I can do that. So I did. I bought a juicer and I just started, you know, it was odd because I had been consuming just... Uh, you know, the typical American diet. That's cliche to say, but I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I'd been consuming the typical American diet, a lot of processed foods, uh, mostly pizza. Like I never met a slice of pizza that I didn't like. And I think I was drinking uh, not a lot of beer, but I was drinking alcohol pretty regularly. Um, you know, not abusing it but i would say like maybe a six pack or two per month so i mean that's that's way more than i drink now and way more than i had probably drank in a long long time uh since i was in the navy that's probably when i drank the most alcohol so i was in the navy and I, i don't mean to like give the Navy a bad name, but let's face it. I was like a little bit more than a teenager and I was by myself. So, you know, what are you going to do? But anyways, uh, back to, back to the story, me at 227 pounds at 32, I'm juice fasting now. And so I think I lost like 30 pounds from doing a juice fast. And I can't remember if I did it for one month or two months, But um, I stuck with it and lost all that weight and it felt great. I felt great. I felt way better after I had done it. Um, And it was amazing to me how different food tasted after I stopped juicing and then started eating, um, you know, kind of just regular foods again. And I remember, you know, like before I started this juice fast, I could go and I could eat like so much sushi and it would take so much to fill me up. But like after the juice fast, I went and um, I had like a normal like chef's selection of sushi, like maybe six or seven pieces. And... I was full, like before I even reached the sixth or seventh piece. And it it was interesting how, I guess, when you're just used to consuming so many macronutrients and just, I mean, call it what it is, just gorging yourself like all the time. You kind of build a resistance, I guess. You, you think you need more and more and more. But in actuality, you really don't. You, could, you can um, normally just be full, just be satiated off of, you know, like a way smaller portion. So anyways, I say all that to say that once I had kind of had that small victory or big victory or however you want to call it, I didn't really want to stop there. I definitely wanted to kind of do something, be physically active. You know, I didn't want to go on the juice fast and then lose some weight and then go back to the old routine and then gain all the the weight back again and just go back to the way I was. So I started thinking about those times when I was in the Navy. And especially in boot camp, when I would run, and nobody would really mess with me. Nobody really wants to mess with you, like when you run in general. Cause I, I would run after boot camp, and it's not like people were super eager, you know, like on a Friday, um, to go running with you, or you know, any type outside of like mandatory physical training. You know, nobody's gonna come run with you really? Well, I say nobody. There there are a few weirdos like me that would come. Um, and I mean weirdo in the best way possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, by and large, not too many people are keen on hanging out with you um, to go running. So a lot of times when I wanted to escape, that's a good way to escape. Nobody's going to mess with you. Nobody's going to bother you. Just put your running shoes on and go for it. So as I'm kind of coming off this juice fast, getting back into the normal routine or not, not business as usual, but the new normal routine, kind of like eating better and, um, being more physically active. I'm remembering all these times where I derived a lot of um, satisfaction, a lot of happiness from just experiencing that freedom and being able to, to run Um, and so I I figure that's what I want to do to throw kind of stick in the spokes of this though while I was in the Navy I actually got um, a knee injury so I still had this knee injury after I left the Navy And so, like, every time I would get started on, like, a running routine, it was really weird. Like, I would get started on a running routine, and it could be, like, a week. It could be a month. It could be six months. But at some point, like, that knee and even the other knee would start giving me problems. And so, it had been diagnosed as itbs uh basically like one quadricep i guess like I'm, I'm probably gonna mess this up again um not a doctor but i'm just remembering the best i can is what the uh, physician's assistant told me when i was in the navy but basically like one side of your quadriceps are stronger than the other so it kind of pulls on the patella And so right where your knee joint is, like bone rubs against bone. And it's the worst pain. Um, It kind of feels like somebody's kind of stabbing your knee with a screwdriver. Like every time you bend that joint. And so, I mean, I don't know about now, but like back then, my mind, I guess, just wasn't... um, calloused enough or or whatever, tough enough to kind of get over that. It it was kind of like a debilitating sort of thing. But anyways, um, I had had those experiences where I would get going I would be into a routine, but then start having this pain and then I would have to quit. And so it would take, you know, several months before it would resolve and I could even like walk without feeling this pain. So my mind was kind of on that as I wanted to start back into running. I was thinking, you know, hmm, we'll see how long this is going to last. Because, you know, th- without fail, every time in the, in the past, I had had these symptoms. So I kind of, you know, started off slow and um, doing like a mile you know, just baby steps, maybe not even a mile. I don't even really remember. It's been several years, but just started off really, really slow and really, really short distances and gradually just built up, you know, one mile, two mile, so on so forth. And I could run a little bit, but you know, nothing really too special. I just wasn't I wasn't, like, fully physically fit. So, like, I wasn't doing any kind of, like, calisthenics. I wasn't doing any kind of uh, weightlifting or whatever. I was just kind of running a little bit, like, a mile or two. Um, and I definitely wasn't doing it every day. So... Um, I got into a discussion at some point after I had been running for a little while, and I was confident enough uh, to kind of accept this this invitation. But I got into a discussion with a friend from high school, and she had offered to to let me join their team for a Spartan event. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, I could. I can handle that. I can do it. And so I went with them and, you know, Spartan, if you do it correctly, every time you miss, uh, like you fall off an obstacle or you're not able to complete, uh, an obstacle, like a rope climb or, um, a climbing wall or, or something like you're supposed to drop down and, and start doing burpees to kind of compensate to make up for that before you proceed on to the next event and of course there's a little bit of running between each event as well and you know long story short after a half day of going through the Spartan course and watching this friend from high school just kind of like jam through it and a couple others that were on the team and I just struggled because I just wasn't physically prepared um, for those kind of obstacles or even those distances in running, which the the running wasn't even really that much. Probably all in all um, was maybe, I don't know. I might even be overestimating by saying five miles, but it it was definitely like five miles or or under, I believe. But, But yeah. So just, you know, it was kind of like a bad experience in that I definitely wasn't super having fun, not being able to complete these obstacles, and kind of realizing that I'm sort of like weak um, and fatigued when everybody else was was able to do them. But also kind of a good thing because it was an eye opener for all the same reasons, and it got the gears turning thinking you know well maybe it's time to like do a little more than what you're doing and so that's kind of what I did um I got into running pretty regularly and um, I kind of went like full tilt and I I was like well you know if the knees are gonna hurt I kind of made a lot of I kind of thought the way like a lot of people just starting out think and I kind of did some things I don't really know I wouldn't call them like mistakes I would just say I did some things that a lot of people that are just starting out do that may be unnecessary so like just think about my knee I would go and like buy shoes like not really let them wear out much at all and then just get another pair you know really k- kind of thinking my thought process was well it's got to be because of the cushion of the shoe um, somehow that plays into it if I can get like the good shoe that that helps me to not over pronate um, that's going to help my knee not to hurt and Yada, yada, yada. And I did get fit tested at, um, I think it was Big Peach in Atlanta. We were living in Atlanta, Decatur area at the time. Uh, shout out to Atlanta and Decatur, where it is actually always greater. Um, but yeah, so Big Peach running company, uh, I got fit tested, and they were like, yeah, you definitely overpronate. These are issues for you. And so that did actually seem to help and changing the shoes seemed to help. I did have some knee pain still, but nowhere near as quickly as it had come on in the past and not really the same severity. Um, But without the, even though I wasn't having knee pain, I still did like some mistakes and so like these were actually like new runner mistakes so I got really gung-ho and I felt like I needed to go faster and I needed to go farther and I needed to do it right away and so like the combination of both of those with my body not really being Ready to do that? I I started to have a lot of soft tissue injuries, so I would end up with like uh, plantar fasciitis, and um, you know I don't think I ever broke any bones in my f- feet, but I definitely had some soft tissue injuries to where like my forefoot would hurt like really bad, like even to walk on, and I had to wear those uh, silly boots the air boots you know immobilization boots around for a while um but I finally started learning what worked good for you know what worked and what didn't Uh, and as my body got used to things as I kind of like adjusted to the pace that I should be working at rather than trying to like go too far too fast too quick um, as I kind of adjusted to the correct pace, the injuries were less and less and less. Um, and so I I don't even remember like all, okay, I guess we're going, we're going in order, like, like my background in running. So yeah. So long story short, I'm able to continue this pace. And I kind of like, as I'm, starting to run i'm thinking back doing the spartan and even though i finished i didn't do all the burpees i mean full disclosure total honesty i didn't do all the burpees that i should have and uh i definitely didn't make it up the rope and i definitely wasn't in shape like i should have been and so at this point i'm feeling like "Mm, well i want to get more um I guess I want to have a redemption, you know, kind of thing. So I started signing up for races and at first it was like five K's because that's what I could do. That was my ability at the time. And to me, that seemed like a, a good enough distance. I would, you know, read about ultra marathon stuff and I would read about people that were doing like 50 miles and hundred miles and, you know, even more than that. And I think, you know, that's crazy. There's probably not a lot of people that that do that. And the ones that do it, I mean, they've got to, you know, have something off. They got to be some kind of like superhuman, uh, or something. Um, and I now know that that's not entirely the case. Not that, you know, I'm not like trying to say that that's not a huge feat or like, um, you know, I mean, you get what I mean, but like at the time I was just like, wow, that's totally unattainable. It's got to be a lie. Um, nobody can run a hundred miles kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I just wanted my little redemption. I wanted to actually finish an event and, um, you know, get my little shiny metal at the end because at the time that was kind of like my, my driver, my motivation, and so I knew that multitasking, I, I learned from the Spartan event that multitasking wasn't really my thing. I'm good at one thing at a time and, um, you know, I can run. That's, that's about it. Maybe I can chew gum while I do it. Um, but yeah, definitely just one thing at a time, one physical test at a time. So, um, I entered some 5Ks finish them. I mean, no big deal there. People walk and, and finish those events all the time, but yeah, I finished those, got my shiny metal and just kind of like progressively built up from there. So I wanted to do a 10 K. So, you know, did that. And then I want to do a half marathon. So I, um, was able to complete a half marathon and then, um, eventually wanted to do a full marathon and so I was able to do that and then figured you know the next logical progression would be ultra marathon I have to you know see if I can get into that and so you know ultra marathon experience at first was kind of like me when I first started back to running like trying to be serious how it. It was just me, like, guessing my way through a bunch of stuff that I didn't, I mean, I was just guessing, so I made a lot of wrong guesses, (laughs) and um, I think one of the first wrong thoughts that I had was, okay, well, I've done a marathon, so I can definitely do an ultra marathon, you know, over 50 miles, I should be able to do it. Cause I mean, I can, I can do a, um, you know, a quarter of a hundred mile ultra marathon. So why couldn't I do a full 100 mile ultra marathon? So stupidly, I went ahead and signed up for a hundred mile ultra marathon. It was the Georgia Jewel. And I believe that was in 2015 I think that's correct. But anyway, I signed up for, for the soldier marathon and I made it about halfway because I was just new. I just had no idea, no clue. You know, it's one thing to, to run a marathon. You know, you're talking about, if you're looking at my times, you're talking about like four four and a half hours out of your life and then you go back home and you're sore but you're you're back home you're on the couch you're watching tv you're, you're eating some kind of uh carbs and you know life is okay but with the uh, ultra marathon 100 mile ultra marathon um that's a different animal so you're not going to get by on like goo packs and um a little bit of water every now and then it's not it's not gonna happen there's a lot of stuff that goes into that um physically and psychologically so i didn't really know i had no idea and needless to say that didn't end like i wanted it to i learned from it so i don't you know i don't consider a complete failure i made a maybe i think it would like to mile 52 i think it was like 51 52 53 Uh, you know who's counting i didn't make it all the way i made it about half um and i was just completely my legs weren't working at that point um and who knows it may have been like psychological thing maybe i could have gone on but in in my mind or the way I felt at that time, it was just a done deal. There was no point. Like, yeah, I might've, this is my thinking, you know, I might make it another 10 or 20 miles, but I would still have, you know, the rest of the event to go after that. So there's just no way I was going to make it to a hundred. But anyway, so that was my first experience with like failure I guess Um, and I mean that's just the way that that I was measuring it a lot of people would probably say well you didn't have like great times at any of your other events either and I would kindly agree that I wasn't the fastest I'm still not the fastest Uh, but my summation, I'm just happy to finish the event. I'm not really like out to, to break records, which may or may not be a good thing, but that's just the way it is. Of course, you know, my attitudes change a little bit, but, but not too much. I haven't deviated too much from that. So yeah, so that's kind of like the, the condensed Version of my experience with running. Um, so, like, I had the the failure at the hundred mile ultramarathon. I kind of like didn't run for a long time. It took a while for me to fully recover from that. Um, but eventually, I got back to it, uh, and I've been doing it, you know, consistently. I've had some issues health wise um, in between that time and now uh now I'm feeling really good like I've been feeling really good this this entire year and almost the entire year of uh 2018 but there were a couple years before that where I was having just like not great um I wasn't great health-wise so I didn't run quite as much for about two years but um, I've been consistent other than that, just not, not running as long for those two years where I was not feeling that great and um, not running as often. But now I'm kind of like back, back at it and I'm running more and I'm actually preparing right now to go back to Georgia in september and try the georgia jewel again i'm signed up for the the hundred mile um i forgot to mention that i have completed other ultra marathons not like 50 milers but um 50k we have one here on the island that i live on the island of hawaii it's a 50k from hilo which is uh, kind of like the, the coastal capital um, of Big Island. It's from the coast down in Hilo all the way up to Volcano, which is uh, 31, 32 miles uh, total. And I forget the elevation gain. I want to say it's between two and 4,000 feet somewhere in between there. I know that's a, that's a big difference, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But so I've done that. I've done a lot of, I've been doing a lot more like technical trail running. I kind of moved from primarily running on the road to running more on the trail. Cause when you get into wanting to do ultra marathons, this is just my opinion, but I think that it's Uh, it's better at least for me to train on rough trail and to train on um terrain that goes from low elevation to a much much higher elevation fairly quickly um i think that's that prepares you more than maybe running on the road and plus there's a lot of um there's a lot of distractions or dangers that you don't, that you'll come into on the trail that you don't necessarily think about if you're just running on the road, like running on the road, primarily you're, you're worried about cars and bicycles, you know, maybe not, not running into other people on the trail. There's like a million things that you have to constantly be concerned about. It's a, it's a, it's a strange thing because you have to kind of be aware of everything that's surrounding you because there could be animals, there could be other people, um, there could be some kind of terrain that's dangerous, um, but at the same time you have to be looking like at the three feet from your feet in front of you uh, to make sure you're not like running into a hole or <laughs> about to trip over a rock or or whatever, step on a snake, depending on where you are. We don't have snakes in Hawaii, but um, when I would run in Georgia, you definitely have to watch out for venomous snakes. But anyway, so I have done... Um, the point of all that was that I have done some ultra marathons since uh, I failed at the Georgia Jewel. So I've been kind of like... This year, I'm working my way to being physically prepared because I kind of like learned my lesson last time. You don't just like run a couple marathons and then show up um, and expect attitude <laughs> and, and like motivation to to get you through, you know, 100 miles. Um, it just doesn't it doesn't work that way. And there's a lot more uh, different, there's a different set of nutrition that you need. And I was primarily running on sugar the first time I tried um, for 100 miles. And then just after a while, it's just not enough. It's not sustainable. You have to have a different set of nutrition, um, a different mindset. A lot of different things, but anyway. So I'm preparing for for that hundred mile ultramarathon in September of this year, and just kind of like keeping at it. I've also added like other exercises. I'm I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to stick with them. You know, like uh, calisthenics, pull ups, and also um, have started incorporating more stress, um, not stress, (laughs) uh, stretching, like, you know, kind of yoga, kind of like my yoga, my adaptation, things that work for me, mostly like stretching my back, um, dead hangs, you know, like trying to just stretch out my back. And I built a plyo box, but I have not been using it. I need to just start pulling that thing out. And, um, using it more just doing jumps and stuff like that um incline pushups things of that nature but yeah so that's where I'm at now in a nutshell um uh, kind of went from a mile or less you know about 5 or 6 years ago to now I just run on the regular, and um, I'm training for this hundred-mile ultra marathon. Um, so yeah, just trying to just trying to stick with it, just trying to keep uh, feeling good. And so that's that's me. And I probably left a lot of stuff out, but I'm sure I'll fill in the gaps in other podcasts. But let's see, so uh, one other thing that I wanted to go over, because I was kind of feeling this today, so you, you kind of get the picture, like I've, I've been running consistently for a while, um, there are days, and today was one of them, where a person can kind of feel like, well, I've run, you know, every day for the last i don't know how many days but you know what is one day gonna hurt like just taking off for one day like what's it gonna hurt what difference does it make it's raining outside um you know i might run into some animal plus it's raining Um, plus i'm tired and i don't really feel like going and so you know everybody has those days i kind of had one of those days today and uh yesterday as well and yesterday was just it was really one of those days because even though i forced myself to kind of get out on a longer run just as i was doing it as i was going for it you know like the whole time i was just feeling like man you know I'm tired I'm exhausted like I don't feel like doing this I don't want to do it um I really just want to go back to my truck and go home so yeah so every now and then that that does hit me and most of the time it's not like that um I'm eager to get out I'm eager to go and um have that experience like kind of like get out and commune with nature feel like I sort of checked something off my list for that day and kind of reaped or will reap the benefits of that in the long term um so most of the time I'm I'm pretty like gung-ho pretty ready to to go but like yesterday and today it's just it's been kind of overcast and rainy and I was just tired, I don't know, I don't know, but, uh, so these days happen, and I wanted to talk just a little bit about that, what you can do, like, if that's happening to you, because if you're like me, if you're first starting out, especially, everything is gonna get in the way, like, you're never gonna feel like you just gotta, you you wanna get up and and go out and run, you're you're always going to have like this mental block, um, a thousand different reasons, you know, what if somebody sees me that I know and I'm not in good shape enough to be out in public doing this or, you know, oh, the weather, it's raining or um, I don't feel good today or whatever. You know, I cut my finger. I got a paper cut. I can't go out. Um, so yeah, so those things are going to happen. What can you do to get over it? Uh, it sounds really oversimplified, but one of the best things that you can do is train your your mind or train yourself when you're having those kind of days when you're having those kind of feelings, um, sometimes it could be legit. So like, I'm not telling you to like completely don't listen to your body. Uh, like if you think you might have the flu or you think you might have pneumonia or or something like that, I'm not, I'm definitely not telling you to like ignore that and go out and physically overexert yourself. Don't, please don't misunderstand. But I'm saying like, if you're just belly aching for lack of a better term if you're just uh, belly aching because you just don't feel feel like it kind of um and really and truly deep down inside you know like you're not really super sick or there's nothing really really wrong with you like you just don't want to get wet you know from rain or um you're just lazy like you just rather like go home and watch TV or do something else, or you, you think, well, I'm too busy to, to do this today. The best thing that you can do, again, it sounds like you're like, I'm oversimplifying, but the best thing that you can do is just to do it. Just get to that space mentally where you can tell yourself, Hey, you know, I don't care you know, this is like your entire internal dialogue, like, Hey self, you know, I really don't care that you don't want to do this. Um, we're doing it. We're going out. We're going to do it. If you don't like it, then at least you'll know that you really didn't like it. Um, and best case scenario, we may get out, you know, on the trail or on the road and after half mile or a mile may not feel the same way we may be perfectly okay we might be fine with it Um, because a lot of times when you do get out after about that first half mile or mile kind of like this um, autopilot sort of kicks in sometimes not all the time a lot of the times for me but i mean there's sometimes like today and yesterday where nothing really helps i just you know i still go out and do the thing but all i really find out is that i really 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 didn't want to do it and i still really don't feel that great Um, but a lot of times when you're just belly aching you can get over it just by making yourself get out and do it and so um today was a lot better i went to go uh, run my usual spot I kind of got there it's it start it's raining off and on it's kind of like a, a nice hard driving rain the kind you know you just know like as soon as you step out you're gonna be drenched and that's how you're gonna be for like the entire time and this was gonna be a trail run through a lot of mud there's wild pigs. Out on this trail, I've seen probably three pretty big, pretty sizable ones in the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, so just this whole myriad of, you know, reasons why I shouldn't go out or like running through my head. And I just, you know, want to go back home or whatever. But, I kind of did follow my own advice and just did it. Just told myself, hey, stop it. You know, get out, go through the motions, get your trail shoes on, mix your hydration drink, um, lock the doors of your truck, close the door and you know, set your garmin and start taking those steps. Go now. You know, do it. And I did. And the autopilot kind of kicked in. And then I'm just going from there. Now, I only did five miles today. I really was supposed to do 15. Um, so, in a way, I kind of did cheat myself. But I still got out there and got a little bit of something. And so, that's one thing that you can you can do that's kind of like the the thing that you can do is get to a point where you've trained yourself you've trained your mind you can override that kind of like lazy feeling and get out there and do what you need to do um because the more time you let pass or the more times you do that where you like kind of give yourself the easy way out you're you're kind of increasing the risk exponentially of just falling off the wagon entirely and just not being committed you know because it gets to a point where you're just like well I skipped you know the last 3 days or I didn't I do this all the time, it's fine, I don't care, whatever. You just get like this apathy and you shouldn't. You like actually need physical activity to live. It's it's a requirement, it's not an option. So one way or the other, you've, you've gotta do this or you're, you're gonna suffer some kind of health consequence either now later on in life. Um, so yeah, so it's best just to go ahead and do it. Train your mind to override kind of laziness or, um, apathy kind of just go for it. Uh, so other than the, just kind of do it, um, you can kind of, do some little mental games with yourself kind of make it make targets like while you're running so kind of don't think about the entire distance all at once just think about a small distance like right in front of you so like find a tree or find some kind of landmark find a a telephone pole or something. I don't know. Fire hydrant. Fixate on that object. Concentrate and focus on getting to that object. And then once you've succeeded, find something else and then kind of just keep repeating that. Run towards that object. And that way you kind of stay in the immediate distance and you're not kind of focused on, ah, well, I've still got, you know, five miles to go, or I still got 10 miles to go, or, or whatever. Just run the mile that you're on at that time. Uh, you know, mentally preparing yourself, you can, especially like on the, on the trail, I can do the same thing, like even in the city, if I'm on, uh, the ocean or like next to the great lakes or something like that, if I'm at a place where I can kind of like observe the ebb and flow of like the, the ocean, or I can observe, you know, nature, like out on the trail. I can focus on like my surroundings and kind of everything's dynamic. So I'm constantly stimulated and I guess you could do the same thing in the city. Like if you if you can appreciate like that environment in the same way, but kind of get lost in the environment and it kind of takes your mind off of, I guess the hard part. Like the the running it makes it less of a endurance type thing for you for you psychologically, and makes it a little bit more enjoyable maybe. Um, so those are kind of things that I've definitely got more little tricks tucked away somewhere in my brain, but it's getting a little bit late and i can't think of anymore right now so i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this podcast up i've got plenty more to talk about so i hope you'll tune in again happy trails